So I came bounding through the back door with this big fat check in hand, knowing that it was going to blow your socks off and you were going to be so impressed with me. And I showed it to you. And I, I mean, in fairness, you're usually my biggest cheerleader. Yeah. But you kind of weren't impressed. You kind of looked at it and kind of gave me a half smile and said, we need to talk. And I knew in my heart of hearts that I was in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt. And I'm Gail Hyatt. What? Uh, yep. <laughs> That's right. Megan Hyatt Miller is not with us this week, but her mother is. And I promise you, this is going to be a very interesting show because we're going to be talking about the whole life impact of work-life balance. And to keep me honest, I've got my wife of 43 years here. So here's the deal. Actually, we, it's really close to 44. That's true. I mean, just a few like more weeks. six weeks. All right. So we recently surveyed and discussed in a previous episode more than 200 Full Focus Planner users who identified as high achievers. And about half said they work more than 50 hours a week, even though only 18% said their employers expected that of them. So in other words, this isn't required. This is something they've just decided that they want to do. They want to work that much. That doesn't surprise me. In a, in a sense, it doesn't me either. And I, and I bet you, and these are people who work for other people, right? And so people who work for themselves, it's got to be even higher than that. Yeah, no doubt. Well, when I talk with business owners, when they start our business accelerator program, they often struggle here and usually to a greater degree, just as you're pointing out, Gail. But every business owner I know does struggle with this whole thing of work-life balance. I mean, it just seems like there's so much to get done and there's so little time to do it. So when the success of your business is on your shoulders, you put your back into it, right? But this often comes at the cost of the people closest to you. And I certainly made that mistake for a decade or so in our early life. So this conversation is going to range over a, a wide range of topics. We kind of have an outline to go by, but we're not going to stick too close to that because I think the uh, peeps want to hear from you, Gail. Yeah. Well, I might have some things to say. All right. <laughs> okay. So here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about three truths about work-life balance. All right, Ken, do you know what's happening right now? No, I have no idea. <laughs> well, first of all, it's your favorite time of year, finally. It's, yes! We can act, okay, like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music now that Thanksgiving's over. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Yes. Uh, it's our holiday sale here at Full Focus. Oh, And we have better. some really awesome deals going on, especially if for some reason you missed out on our Black Friday deals. This is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year. And so we have got uh, some awesome deals. So we've got 10% off site-wide. Um, we've got where you can get a free um, Your Best Year Ever vinyl sticker pack for any new planner subscri subscription that you sign up for. So these are great to put on things like your Stanley mug. Wow, you already put them on yeah. your Stanley mug? And if are you got them, them if you got them on Black Friday, these are different. These are these are going to be new for the new year. Uh, but they're great for that. You can also put them on your planner, you can put them on your computer, wherever you want them. 
but they're great. Good. They're great stickers. We're also doing 25% off courses. Let's go. So specifically, we've been talking a lot about our goal setting course. Um, and this is going to be $75 off and you get a free ticket to your best year ever live with your purchase. So you definitely don't, it's huge. like a crazy, crazy, crazy deal. So you don't want to miss out on that. And your favorite thing, which is our certification program, we're doing $800 off of it. And this is a fantastic time of year to get in. Um, we are actually going to be doing a beta group for our new digital planner. Yes, it's going to be fantastic. crazy exciting. So anyways, go to fullfocusstore.com now. Shop our holiday sale. Make sure to use the code HOLIDAY10 to get all these deals and more. Okay. Do you want to say what they all are, or are you going to just congratulate going? No, one at a time. They have to stick with it to get all three. That's exactly right. I learned that from Ken Davis. Don't give the whole outline. Because if you do, you break the tension and nobody nobody wants to stay with you to the end. There's so much to come. Stay till the end. (laughs) Truth number one, work-life balance is distributive. What do we mean by that? Well, it's your work-life balance is distributed among a lot of different domains. So you've got work, you've got family, you've got health, you've got vocation, vacation, uh, you've got spiritual, you've got mental, uh, all the different domains of your life. Yeah. And they're all interrelated. Like your health determines the quality of your relationships or your ability to focus at work and to actually get stuff done. And so I think that one of the mistakes that I made early in my career, and I just didn't know any better, was that I kind of thought life was work. And then whatever was left over from work could be distributed to whatever was left. I think that's a good word, leftover, because it's not it's not a good experience, but it's a an accurate word to describe how most people live. And and the the people that are that you love the most, that are most important in your life or other activities, they get your leftovers. Do you want to describe typically, what that was? Typically, that's that's what most people experience. So we had a reckoning, you and I, in about 2001. Mm-hmm. At that point, we'd been married, what, almost 25 years? Describe what it was like to be raising five daughters, to be living with me, with somebody who was consumed with their career. Well, before I answer that question, I think it might be helpful to to take you into my brain a little bit about what I was That's a scary thought. What I was trying to <laughs> uh to grasp as a newly married woman. Um and, you know So this goes even back before Yeah, I want to go back even farther. Okay. Like when we were first married because one of the things that attracted me to you was that uh you were very ambitious. I knew you would succeed at whatever you decided to do and and so in order for that to happen, you had to work really hard. And so the first several years of our marriage, you were really pouring yourself into your career. And you would get there early in the morning. I remember you would you would talk about getting there so early that uh, there were no other cars in the parking lot. And if anybody else came in after you and they were to put their hand on the hood of your car, your car would already be cold, you know? So it was just, you were the first one there. You were the last one to leave and you worked really hard. And as a result, you kept getting promoted 
And all of that was great because you had a lot of opportunities that were given to you. But with all those opportunities came a lot of pressure. And then with a lot of pressure, uh, also at the same time, opportunities were coming. A lot of obligations were coming as we started having a family and all that kind of stuff. All that thrown in together, mixed up together equals stress. Yes. And so there was a lot of stress in your in your life which overflowed into me and into our family and so it was it was hard but but what was interesting is i was kept, i kept trying to say to myself why is winning at work important and because if i understood the why behind why you were working so hard then that would help me to accept it and to support it and all those kinds of things and and so what i realized is you got to pay the bills we 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 had five children in 10 years we'd been married about a year and a half almost 2 years when we had our first child and then by the time we'd been married 12 years we already had five children and just then we figured out what was causing it <laughs> So just to put that in perspective, our, our fourth daughter, Madeline, just had her first baby. And she and Sean, her husband, have been married for 10 years. And so they had 10 years to adjust to work, to adjust to their marriage and all that stuff before adding children into the mix. Well, we didn't. We just, everything was happening all at the same time. And, it was crazy. And it was really, really crazy. And so, but I, but I kept thinking, okay, you need to be able to provide for your family. You need to be able to uh, realize your goals and your career goals and things like that. I wanted you to have a sense of contribution. You wanted to make sure you were contributing in this world with your job. And so when you're winning at work, all of that is happening and you're, you're helping people. At that time, you were in the publishing business. And so you were publishing books that were really helping people. So there's a lot of good reasons to win at work. Well, I would say the other thing too is that I had convinced myself and I convinced you. And looking back on it, this was kind of the great lie that at any given point when you would start to complain, I would just remind you and I would remind myself that that situation was temporary, right? Yeah, and, that, so would, and that's going to come up in a minute. Okay. So hang on to well, that. Well, you got your own outline. I've got my own outline here. Okay. So I want to tell it now. Well, well okay. Well, I, I, <laughs> what I wanted to also say is, but succeeding at life the other half of the equation, which we really weren't thinking about in those early years, like that just wasn't even on the radar. We were surviving and you were succeeding. You know, those are kind of the two things. There wasn't win and win. And so, um, but what I've come to realize and what you teach is that succeeding at life is important because, as you mentioned, Number one, it affects your relationships. If there's a lot of stress, if you're tired when you come home and I get the leftovers, then uh, that does not help to build the, the relationship and make us closer. It didn't, it didn't help with the kids. It didn't help with the fam, with the friends that we had. You know, everything just kind of got the leftovers. And so when you succeed at life, the relationships are, are way, way better. Your health is way, way better. You know, you talked, have talked about in other podcast episodes about how you had these heart attack scares. And to, to my knowledge, you had three ones, three separate ones that ended you up in the hospital. That's right. And so, but none of them turned out to be actual heart attacks, but they were stress induced and panic attacks and really uh, scary. 
Um, and so, so that, that affects your ability to perform and all of that. It affects when your health is suffering. It affects your energy level. Uh, you eat a lot. You eat a lot of the wrong kinds of foods. You put on weight that makes you even more lethargic or, um, unhealthy. And you know what else I remember? about those early years is you were sick a lot. Like every winter you'd get bronchitis. Um, you just were suffering from digestive issues and back pain. Seems like a lot of that kind of stuff. All stress also, induced, all stress which, induced. which again points to this fact that, that life is interconnected. Mm-hmm. And when we create sort of this worldview that says work is the only domain and everything else is like a barnacle on the ship, then those areas suffer. And in fact, it begins to back up into your work. Mm-hmm. So those times when I had those heart attack scares and I went to the emergency room or whatever, I mean, if even for just a day, like I was knocked out of work because then they had to do all these tests and all this stuff to find out that, oh no, that was, it wasn't a heart attack. It was something else. And it wasn't just to complete the story there. It wasn't until I finally went to a cardiologist who ran me through a whole battery of tests who said to me, your heart's fine. Tell me but, what's going on yeah, in your life. Tell me what's going on in your life because I think there's something else that's the cause of these panic attacks. And he told me, he said, 30% of the people that he sees as a cardiologist who thought they had a heart attack or who thought they might be having a heart attack, it turned out to be a panic attack. Yeah. And that's completely stress-induced. So anything else you want to say about the sort of the interplay of these things? No, I think that, I think that's a good summary of of where we were and then – Many years later, as as we're trying to navigate all of this, you started recognizing that something could be different, that there was a different way. And Well, that wasn't until we had this reckoning. Okay, that's true. We okay. did have a reckoning. We did have a reckoning. And uh, the reckoning came after I had taken responsibility. This was like the biggest promotion I'd ever gotten. I, be- I finally became the publisher mm-hmm. of an actual publishing company. So I was running one division of Thomas Nelson's 14 divisions, and I had the opportunity to turn this division around. It was the worst performer in the entire company. At first, that kind of discouraged me, and then I thought, whoa, this is an opportunity to be a hero, and I really can't screw it up because I couldn't make it worse. It was already last, Yeah. right? So I created a vision with my team. We rolled up our sleeves. I was traveling constantly, working 60, 70 hours a week. Traveling even on the weekends, not eating well, eating out, eating fast food a lot. And it paid off in a way because after 18 months, we went from number 14 to number one. I ended up with the biggest bonus check I'd ever received in my life, more than my annual salary. My team ended up with big fat bonus checks too. We were flying high as a kite and I couldn't wait to get home and share it with you. Now, just little secret thing here. I'm an Enneagram three achiever. On the strength finders test, achiever is my number one strength. So this was like feeding my personality because I accomplished what I felt like at the time was the ultimate thing. I turned this division around. So I came bounding through the back door with this big fat check in hand, knowing that it was going to blow your socks off and you were going to be so impressed with me. And I showed it to you. And I, I mean, in fairness, you're usually my biggest cheerleader. Yeah. But you kind of weren't impressed. You kind of looked at it and kind of gave me a half smile and said, we need to talk. And I knew in my heart of hearts that I was in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I wished I had a, I wished I had 
journaled about it or could go back and read a journal because it'd be interesting to know what else was happening at that time. Because you're right. Normally, I am your biggest cheerleader and, and I want to, can, I want to be there to say, you can do this. You have what it takes. You've, you've got this. And, and yet something, uh, at that time was happening that really showed me that it came at a huge cost. Well, I want to, I want to recount what I heard you say. Mm-hmm. And you can correct this for the record if this is wrong, but here's what I heard. We sat down. You were very gracious. But I could tell this was a very serious moment. There was emotional intensity in this conversation. And you said to me, you said, um, I want to be excited for you. And for sure, I'm grateful for all the, the ways that you provide for our family. But I've got to be honest with you. You're never home. Yeah. And like I started to feel defensive. And then you said, um, and your five daughters need you now more than ever. And then what I remember is you kind of tearing up, starting to cry a little bit, and then saying, honestly, I feel like a single mom. Yeah. And even though I felt defensive and I wanted to defend myself, in my heart of hearts, I knew you were right. And at that moment, I just wanted to quit. Well, I think, first of all, I think being a single mom is the hardest job on the planet. No kidding. And we've had a heart for single moms for as long as I can remember. And so for me to actually say something like that, that ooh, that's big. It was a reckoning. <laughs> that's big, big, big. And I and I faced at that moment what I've I've subsequently come to call the impossible choice. Mm-hmm. Because on the one hand, there's you and the girls. And if you were to ask me what my values are, what my priorities are. Theoretically, you guys come before work, mm-hmm. right? Right. But the reality was just the opposite. My work was basically squeezing out all the oxygen or taking up all the oxygen in the room. And there was barely anything left for, for you guys. Mm-hmm. So I had you on the one side and the girls. And on the other side of it, and this is why I call it the impossible choice, was my team, my work, the expectations of my boss, the need to provide for the family, to you know, save up for college and all the different things you have to do, weddings with five daughters, all that stuff. And I was really discouraged for a while because I didn't know, couldn't find a way out. And I can remember talking to John Maxwell, who was one of my authors and had become a personal friend at that point. And I said, John, I think I need an executive coach. And I kind of framed it up like I just needed help with some work-related stuff. But I really needed help to solve this conundrum that I was in. And I can re- remember me going to Daniel Harkavy, who was my very first executive coach. And I described the talk in the den that I had with you. And he said, well, tell me about your work day. And I described to him that typically I would leave the office around six or seven, come home, eat a quick meal with the family. And then I would crack open the laptop and keep working. And then I would work on the the weekends and I worked through vacations. You know, usually I'd allow a little time in the middle of the day for the family, but I was up early on vacations working because I didn't want to fall behind. And I was on this constant treadmill. I think Daniel is the first person that introduced you to this idea of the double win. Absolutely. You know, the- because he started, we started working on a life plan. Yeah. And he said to me, and this was, I think. He the- helped you to see there was about these different domains that mm-hmm. you were, that you were a total person comprised of all of these different aspects of you and not just a working machine. And he helped me get a vision for those different things. And I can remember him saying at one point, he said, 
you know, you're meant to be more than a human doing. You're a human being. Mm -hmm. And so he said, I really think that a great way for you to feel progress in this is to, is to go ahead and establish some boundaries around work. Mm -hmm. Because he said the difference between a river and a swamp is that a river has banks. There's a controlled flow. It's going somewhere. But a swamp is just the water going everywhere. And that's what your work is right now. So I remember making the commitment to him that I would end work at six o'clock, that I wouldn't work on the weekends and I wouldn't work on vacations. And I can remember him saying to me, well, great. Are you committed to that? I said, yeah. And he said, okay, then you won't mind me calling Gail periodically to check in on your your progress. (laughs) And he did. Yeah. He did call me. He would say, okay, I want to hear, how's Michael doing? You know, and I'd give him the good, bad, and the ugly. That was so good. But it was a lot more good back then than than it Well, because I had the accountability. Yeah. That was what helpful. That's what was helpful. So I, I would say to those of you who are struggling with this issue, one of the best ways that you can begin to see progress is establish boundaries around your work. And you say, and this is counterintuitive, you say, but how will I get it all done? Well, the thing about a boundary, and it's kind of like having that boundary of quitting work before you go on a vacation. You know, you got to get all this work done and you're uber productive on that Friday before you leave on a one week vacation. That can be every day if you have a boundary on it. So you make better choices. You prioritize your work. You get the important stuff done. And that is exactly, I'll put a little plug in here and I'm not being paid for this, but that's exactly why you created the full focus system because uh, the planner and all the things that that relate to it and and all the... Free to focus. The everything that you do um, is really designed and t- and has the tools in order to uh, make that possible for somebody. Marissa, I cannot tell you how excited I am for your best year ever live coming up January 5th. Yes, I'm so excited too. I can't wait. Yes, this is the event that you would want to come attend. If you're just like, man, I want to look at how well did I do in the past, but I also want to set myself up for success to have, like we call it in the title, your best year ever. This is the event you want to be at. We have thousands of people coming to this event already. And you and I will be emceeing this event. Yes. So there's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of excitement to come join us to make it a great year for you. Now, in order for you to receive it, all you have to do is buy the full focus goal setting course and you get a ticket to your best year ever. Yes. And the best part is that that course is 25% off right now. So... Uh, you're going to get a discount and a ticket to the live event, which is normally $197. That's a killer so deal. So it's a killer deal. It's a no-brainer in my opinion. Um, but definitely join us. It's going to be so much fun. January 5th, it's totally virtual. So no matter where you are in the world or um, you know whether you can get on a plane or not, don't worry about it. You don't have to. You can do this from the comfort of your own home. And We'll be right there. Yeah. And just imagine having your goals already set for the entire year and a plan to execute them. Yeah. That's worth all the money that you can. And the best part, it's a free event for you yeah. if you buy the Full Focus Goal Setting Course. Yes. All right. Well, we would love to see you there. So make sure to go to fullfocusstore.com and take advantage of this deal. We'd love to see you at your best driver live. Okay, so truth number one, 
Work-life balance is distributive. And truth number two is that. You want to do that? Go to that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the last one. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you why in a minute. It's kind of. No, I, I get it. Yeah, I can see that. Truth number two is that work-life balance is determined. What do we mean by that? Well, you have to determine that you are going to make it happen. You've got to cause it to happen. You can't just uh, expect it to just naturally appear. That that it's an intentional decision, a strategic move on your part to to bring this balance into effect. I, I like what you said about it's caused. It's a cause thing. It's not accidental. Nobody stumbled into balance and said, oh, amazing. I have this amazing balance in my life now. That's no, right. it's something that you have to be determined and make some decisions. Yep. And avail yourself to tools that enable you to do that. Yeah. And that's, I think that's one of the things I've figured out in life is that you don't have to figure out everything on your own. Mm-hmm. Somebody else somewhere has figured out the solution to the problem that you're struggling with. And one of the reasons I believe in coaching is that coaching helps you go further faster. This is why I've had a series of executive coaches over the last 20 years, all of whom have shortened the learning curve, made it less steep, made it faster, easier, cheaper to get to the destination I want. And so, uh, again, you have to start with the decision. And sometimes, and this was my case after we had the reckoning in the den, is once I decided I was going to get work-life balance, then the resources show up. That's right. And there, and it's going to look really different for everybody who's listening. You know, if you have a lot of children, if you, if you're a single person, if you're young, if you're older, if you're whatever, I mean, uh, if you're in business for yourself, if you work for somebody else, there's a lot of different ways that this is going to, to look for people, but it's possible, absolutely possible for everybody. That's good. One, one of the things I want to clear up is a myth about work-life balance. I think we assume, nobody would say this out loud because it sounds ridiculous when you say it out loud, but we kind of assume that work-life balance means that we give the same amount of time and attention and apply the same amount of resources to every domain of our life. That's a good point. But that's just silly. No, we apply the appropriate amount of time and attention and resources to the various domains of my life. For example, I'm working six hours today, Yeah. right? But I will probably spend an hour and a half with you tonight, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe two hours because I'm going to, I'll probably work out. I'll do a few other things and we'll sit and we'll talk. We'll have dinner together. I don't need to spend six hours with you for me to have work life balance. Because if I gave six hours to everything, an hour and a half is about all I can handle right now. (laughs) (laughs) We have a great marriage and that's one of the reasons why. Okay, so work-life balance is determined. Uh, Truth number three, work-life balance is dynamic. It's not static. The natural state of things is for them to be out of alignment and things, and maybe this, I'm, I'm way out over my skis on this, but, you know, one of the laws of physics is that things tend toward disorder. What is that, the third law of thermodynamics? I don't know. But at any rate, it applies in your life. Things go from balance to imbalance, and it takes energy and effort to keep things in balance. Now, we had the great reckoning, and then I worked hard to get things in balance. Did they stay in balance? Nope. 
They fluctuated. Uh, there were seasons of more in- intensity on, on your work time. I think that that's one of the things that was kind of hard to get used to because I did expect that everything, if, if we follow this particular um, method, that everything would be balanced, everybody be happy and live happily ever after. But crises come up. Um, there's all kinds of things that interrupt and, and cause you to have to focus more on one thing than another thing. So there's a lot of fluctuation. Um, like I said, there's seasons where you are focusing more on one thing than another. But it's kind of like, you know where you're starting, you know where you end up. And in the middle, there's a lot of adjustments, a lot of moving around back and forth until you get back to back centered again. Okay. To that point, I got to read a quote. Labor economist and Stanford business professor Myra Strober uses the metaphor of a rocket. And here's what she oh, says. yeah, I've heard that one. She says, a rocket is exactly on target, only at takeoff and landing. Between those two points, it constantly moves away from its trajectory and has to be straightened out. So too with work and family. The two are rarely in balance and each member of the couple needs to keep an eye out to discern when the imbalance requires correction. Now I want to go back to the story that I started to tell a moment ago, and you said, save it for later. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the story is about convincing myself and convincing you that the situation was temporary. So the first time I can remember doing this is I, I got my first big job in, in the publishing industry and I was a marketing director. Only problem was I had zero training in marketing. So I said to, to Gail, I said, man, I've got books to read. I've got to take a course. I have got to get up to speed. And I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to be out of balance here for, for a while. And I just need to understand the situation is temporary. And once I can kind of get a handle on my job, then I'll snap back into balance and give you and the girls the attention you deserve. But no sooner had I said that a few weeks pass. And then I say, Oh man, I know I, I, I thought I was going to get back into balance and I'm certainly past the startup phase in this job, but now I got a vacancy and now I'm covering for somebody else. Or now you're doing such a good job that they promoted added, me. They promoted you or added more work to your schedule. So these temporary situations, I mean, truly there are seasons when you have to go out of a, a balance where the problem comes in is when you start to deceive yourself that it's temporary. Right. And you, and you roll from one temporary situation to the next temporary situation to the next temporary situation. And you're essentially lying to yourself and you're lying to the people that you love the most. Well, and you, you're hoping that it's true. You are. You're hoping that it's temporary. You're assuming that it's going to be temporary. But then after several years like that, you begin to see a pattern. Well, so you kind of have to stay on guard. You, you do. To, you have to really watch out for that. So, and, and this is not, you know, a one and done kind of thing. If you're feeling the tension, if you've struggled with this in the past and you find that you're still struggling, then congratulations, you're normal. That's true for us too. So last night, as we were talking about this episode, we had a little conflict. <laughs> is that fair to say? Yeah. So after tension, tension. Yeah. Well, so it wasn't the usual knockdown we we argument. No, we weren't fighting. It was just like, it's kind of at that place in your relationship where you just sort of get really quiet and you're like, I can't say anything. Nothing, nothing <laughs> I'm going to say is going to make any difference. So forget it. You're just out. 
Yeah. You know, you get better about that as you get older, as you've been married longer, because you've had those situations where you said something and then had to go try to fix it. And so both of us are really good about not trying to say that initial thing. But here's a reality. We realized after about two hours of conversation that uh, we had a very different vision at this point in our life as to what the double win looks like. Now, the double win is winning at work and succeeding at life. You kind of had one definition for the succeeding at life. I had another definition. I thought I was doing pretty good. And you were kind of like, yeah, actually, you're not. And <laughs> we almost didn't do the episode because it's like, how can we talk about the double win if I don't think we're really doing it? But it really helped us get a lot of clarity. And I'm super excited now. Well, I am too. And I think I think that one of the things we realized is, and, th- and this happens in a lot of areas of life, you're winning more than you think. Yeah. yeah. But it depends on what you focus on. Right. So, you know, unfortunately, when you teach on work-life balance and when you talk about things like the double win all the time, you're very cognizant of the gap between where you are and the ideal. Now, Dan Sullivan calls that the gap and the gain. You can stay in the gap and be discouraged and feel really negative, or you can focus on the gain, and probably it's a little bit of both. But, oh my gosh, when we started, you actually started doing this. You went kind of by yourself when we got sort of that impasse. You started to write down a whole list of all the places where we you thought we were winning. Well, I did, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share those in a second. But before that, I want to say that when you feel that there is this misalignment between the the you and your spouse about whether how you see the double win and are you are you achieving it or are you making progress to it? I don't know that you ever actually achieve it. It's a it's a progressive I think that's right. kind of journey. But I think it's really important. I one of the things I wrote down that last night was that it's so important a to articulate to your spouse what how you visualize the win. What does it look like to you and and then hear their view about what it looks like for them so that you can understand each other and then really work on communicating. So if there seems to be a misalignment, you know, we didn't have a a Daniel Harkavy to keep us accountable or we don't have that right now. And so, but the beauty of being married is that you have your spouse to help you stay accountable, but you have to be willing to hear what they have to say. You have to set aside some time. We we love to go for a walk in the evening and we get lots of talking done and kind of debriefing on how things are going. It's a chance to recalibrate. And recalibrate. And I, I do believe that it, that communication is a number one. If you find that you are not really having opportunities to talk d- on a deep level with your spouse, then you got to make that a priority. That's part of the of the win. And then when you discover that things are out of balance or that there, there is one of these seasons or temporary moments in, in the, in your life to give that person grace, to give each other grace and, and to say, boy, I understand this is a really intense time right now. What can I do to, to support you? How can I help you? And then monitor how long it goes on. And if it, if it becomes one, just molding into another one, then you got to, you got to bring that up and deal with that. I think in this particular situation, I was given a lot of time to a nonprofit. That was kind of my after hour thing and become kind of a hobby. And you were feeling like the way that you were experiencing it is it looked just like more work. Exactly. Right. But then you catalog, started cataloging how we were winning and it kind of balanced out the perspective. So So I just want to list 
for for those of you who are listening, how we are winning now because we've worked really hard at it. And one of the things that we do, and again, he says, Michael said that the time that you spend at work doesn't have to be equal to the time that you spend in other domains of your life. And I that had to sink into my head because I kind of, it, even though the math doesn't add up, there's something in me that said, oh, well, if you're giving six hours of uh, a day to your work, then you need to give that to me too. Well, it just never adds up. But some of the ways that we're winning is that we usually go to the lake or do something relaxing on the weekends. And so that's been a big thing because you used to work all through weekends. Uh, we, we take vacations in the summer. You know that those of you who, who've been with us for a while know that we take sabbaticals and we've got a big sabbatical coming up, uh, this summer. And we're actually planning a trip to Peru and we're really super excited about that. Uh, we get to focus on our grandchildren more than we ever have. And one of the things we love to do with them is when they turn 13, we go on a, a one-on-one trip with them and do something really special with them. And we've got one of those coming up this summer. And we have 10 grandkids, so it, you know, it adds up there. We almost need uh, name tags. So, so far, we haven't had two in the same summer, which has worked out great. But we're, we're going to be doing that. Um, we, I know that it allows you to take courses. It allows us to pursue hobbies. You've, you know, that, uh, you love playing the guitar. You're learning how to play the mandolin. Those are some hobbies that you're picking up. Uh, I mentioned we get to go for walks in the evenings. I mean, that's a luxury. A lot of couples never Mm -hmm. get to do anything like that. Um, you go take your daughters, uh, on a lunch date, once a month or how often it takes you to cycle through one daughter every week. Yeah. Five week cycle. Yeah. Um, your parents are aging. Uh, they're requiring a whole lot of attention when you win at life and you're succeeding at life, then you get to uh, have that discretionary time to help people who need you at different seasons in their lives. We get to be involved in church more. You teach a Sunday school class. I do a lot of volunteer things at the church uh, one of the cool things that I, that came to me last night that I really got for the first time is that by winning at work and succeeding at life, it makes it possible for you to give some of your time, attention and resources to a philanthropic cause. And you serve on a board of a nonprofit. You are really involved, uh, there. And it just, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to do. And so you get to give back to other people. Yeah. And so I think that this whole thing about work-life balance, it, what it doesn't do is give you license to be selfish because all of us, I think we find the greatest meaning in life when we're making a contribution. And part of that contribution has got to be outside of work, but there's also the work component of that. Okay, so let's summarize these three truths. Work-life balance is, first of all, distributive. There's more than one domain. Life consists of more than work. Number two, it's determined. It's a cause thing. It's not going to happen by accident. You've got to make a decision to get on the path toward work-life balance. And I think you made a really good point. It's not ever a destination that you fully arrive at, but you're always going to be pursuing it. And then truth number three is that work-life balance is dynamic. You know, it takes, I don't care if you're walking a, you know, a tightrope or you're driving your car, you just have to realign and get rebalanced periodically. That's the nature of living in the world. It's really true. 
Well, Gail, I'm going to ask you the question that I usually ask Megan, and she used to ask me, and that is, do you have any final thoughts? Well, I have to just think out the top of my head. I'm extremely grateful that the fact that we weren't winning at life, that we weren't succeeding at life in the beginning of our marriage did not result in a divorce. It didn't result in a really huge consequential uh, health crisis um, or anything like that, that somehow we weathered those years. And now I'm just so grateful that we have tools and a system that can help other people. And I'm just, I love it. I think, I think it's what we're created to be and we need to be determined to make it happen. Well, this has really become a life message for both of us. And it's become the focus of our work at Full Focus. In fact, we have an entire program called Business Accelerator, which is a business coaching program designed to help our clients get the double win. And if that sounds like something that would benefit you, I want to encourage you to have a free call with one of our business growth consultants. You can do that by going to businessaccelerator.com. It'll be very clear that you can schedule a free call there. But we'd love to have you do that. So and there that, are some amazing stories and transformations that people have experienced as a part of being a part of Business Accelerator. You guys ought to ought to just check it out. Yeah, the videos on the on the homepage are worth watching. It's just just call and get some info because it's it's pretty exciting. It is. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I hope it's been helpful to you. But until next time, lead to win. All right, Ken, do you know what's happening right now? No, I have no idea. <laughs> well, first of all, it's your favorite time of year, finally. It's, yes! We can act, okay, like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music now that Thanksgiving's over. Jingle bells, jingle Yes. Uh, it's our holiday sale here at Full Focus. Oh, And we have better. some really awesome deals going on, especially if for some reason you missed out on our Black Friday deals. This is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year. And so we have got uh, some awesome deals. So we've got 10% off site-wide. Um, we've got where you can get a free um, Your Best Year Ever vinyl sticker pack for any new planner subscri subscription that you sign up for. So these are great to put on things like your Stanley mug. Wow, you already put them on yeah. your Stanley mug? And if are you got them, them if you got them on Black Friday, these are different. These are these are going to be new for the new year. Uh, but they're great for that. You can also put them on your planner, you can put them on your computer, wherever you want them. But they're great. Good. They're great stickers. We're also doing 25% off courses. Let's go. So specifically, we've been talking a lot about our goal setting course. Um, and this is going to be $75 off and you get a free ticket to your best year ever live with your purchase. So you definitely don't. It's huge. like a crazy, crazy, crazy deal. So you don't want to miss out on that. And your favorite thing, which is our certification program we're doing $800 off of it. And this is a fantastic time of year to get in. Um, we are actually going to be doing a beta group for our new digital planner. Yes, it's going to be fantastic. crazy exciting. So anyways, go to fullfocusstore.com now. Shop our holiday sale. Make sure to use the code HOLIDAY10 to get all these deals and more.